The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Welcome to our podcast today. We are taking a trip to Bummertown, USA, and then we're going to Rom-Com City International at the very end. So I love it. It's like the when the flight, the pilot comes on on a flight and it's like, we will be taking a left at Chicago and moving across the jet stream. Something other was great. Haven't been on a plane in over a year. You really brought me back. Thank you. Um, I wish I, you know, almost famous one of my favorite movies, but like, I'm just blanking on the penny lane. Keep your arms inside the whatever. Right. Anyway, that's, that's me. Um, yeah, we got some bummer topics we're going to discuss, but then we're going to end on a high note. We want to come back to starstruck, which I recommended to Amanda last week. And like the dutiful student she is, she watched. Thank you, Amanda. Yes. I listen when you recommend things to me, (laughs) especially personal recommendations. Sometimes you're like, you're not going to like this, but you should know about it. And sometimes you say, Hey, Amanda, this is for you. And I really enjoy that personalized niche content in the streaming era. You know, it's, it's amazing what's possible in 2021. It's so true. Uh, before that happiness though, before rom-coms, rom-com international city, it's like, it's like Dubai. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Kardashians reunion hosted by Andy Cohen, which neither of us watched in full, but watched clips of, um, I watched a lot of it. I also think that I probably watched it in the way that the majority of Americans and Kardashian fans watched it, which was yeah. like deep Instagram explore. Oh, I'll click on another one. Oh, I'll click on another one. Then I'll Google for a while trying to find, you know, like a comprehensive blog post about everything. Failed, by the way. The blogging industry has let me down and then watch some more clips. Um, Callie Rivers Curry, who is appearing on Bachelor Party on Thursdays with me this season, told me that 
TikTok has like just been flooded with Kardashian yeah. stuff too yeah. in the last few days. So it's in the air. We'll discuss it. We're also going to check in on the latest with Chrissy Teigen and Michael Costello after we talked about it in depth last week. But first, we are going to talk about Britney Spears, who has a hearing tomorrow to end her conservatorship. In advance of that, the New York Times wrote in a wrote a story today about with some details from the conservatorship situation. Um, and not entirely new, but just some new small details, like the, the extent of control that the conservator has via this arrangement and that conservator is her father um, or has been her father. And, you know, it's just a really um, complicated Britney Spears moment. I think the Times documentary on Hulu, how many months ago is that now? Like five? Really kind of reignited this conversation. And, and since I think a lot of celebrities who got an undue amount of attention in the aughts have kind of been um, re-examined under the, the lens of 2021. And it's really complicated. Like this big hearing is happening tomorrow. And, you know, Amanda, I'm going to speak for you in a second. We mm-hmm. both kind of like, do we even talk about this? Does Britney Spears want that? Yeah. So, so this piece from the New York Times is written by Liz Day, Samantha Stark, and Joe Coscarelli, who were a major part of the aforementioned documentary. And Joe Coscarelli has been um, reporting on Britney's conservatorship for some years. And I, I still think that while the two strongest parts of that documentary to me were, you know, the brief kind of 10 minute media reexamination, just a lot of like archival clips I had not seen in a long time. And that's someone who was there, who was on the front lines and who had her brain really warped by it. Um, but the, the other strength of, the documentary to me was information about the conservatorship. And I, I thought you were going to say Wesley Morris in a green t-shirt. Oh, well, sure. Well, Wesley looked fantastic. <laughs> Wesley was like the anchor of all the cultural He was the best well, part right? of the yeah. yeah. Like Wesley, two-time Pulitzer winner, Wesley Morris <laughs> is the, the number one critic of the world in my heart. Um, no, but I count him in bucket one. And then bucket two is just what the New York Times has done in terms of reporting on this conservatorship. Um, and, Which is and how conservatorships really work which is something that I knew nothing about. And they are, they are giving us information. So I, you know, I, I do think that that is worthy. I only know what I can read in their reporting. Um, I'm learning from them, so I'm not an expert on it, but there is kind of this feeling, you know, that the hearing tomorrow is like a big event and we're going to be like hearing from Brittany. And there is this inevitable tabloidization and celebritization of these like very complicated legal and ethical issues that I agree with you. I feel a little uncomfortable about because I think I feel once again, that there is this person kind of lost in about eight different machines. Some of them, legal and some of them, you know, the details of this conservatorship, which again, I'm not an expert, but seem unusual. And then of course the, the social media brouhaha uh, around her, even before the documentary. And then the celebrity stuff that we talk about all of the time and our continuing fascination with Britney. And I like, I'm absolutely fascinated with Britney Spears, like genuinely non-cynically want the best for her and feel like we're in a weird place. We we are in a weird place. And I I think that the interest in her would be lower at this point if her Instagram weren't so bizarre. And there's like kind of 
no other way for me to describe it. But when you watch her videos, whether it's like her talking about her clothes or dancing or whatever it is, you know, she speaks direct to camera very frequently. She's not often glammed up in the way that we see, um, uh, you know, other celebrities. And it's just sort of like, what's happening here? It's so different from other famous people on Instagram. And because of the, uh, the extraneous or the sort of like other information we have about the conservatorship and just how much fame um, warped her life experience, it's sort of hard to just like take her Instagram at face value. And for me, that's like a huge primary source document that I'm just like, I am so confused about what's happening here. And like, it makes me worried. And I do think that that keeps people interested. I mean, the conservatorship would still be interesting, but the fact that she's not completely silent in the face of this legal issue, I think like makes it more complicated and kind of keeps the, the embers aglow. Right. But also the fact that she's not completely silent, but yet has this platform and does not address any of the legal stuff on Instagram. And I'm, I really don't want to go down the tinfoil hat, social media, you know, rabbit hole, but when it is kind of alluded to, it's in the comments, but she's not speaking. And there is like something, there is a bit of a disconnect. It is a unique Instagram presence. As you noted, she is like speaking directly to people, but she has her own visual and conversational style. Also her unique comment style. It's not polished. Um, it is very different from the Britney Spears that we grew up with in the two thousands. Now, obviously she was, you know, a a mass media product and however many people were working to um, polish or whatever you want to call it, the image of the Britney that was presented to us that became unsustainable for Britney herself. I'm not saying she needs to go back to like 2004 Pepsi ads, Britney. I actively don't want that, but it is um, great ad though. Great commercial. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different. You know, it's, it's really, it's different. And we've seen a lot of different Britney Spearses. And I I still kind of think also that I'm of the leave Britney alone generation. And I get like, just really knee jerk. Like we were told we like, it was made very clear that this was not good and that we all like needed to give her some peace. And it feels like even if all of this attention is like in her interest, both like the reporting and the, yeah. but also the, the social media stuff, people generally, I think wish her well, I like, it's not the most grotesque of social media campaigns, but it just does seem like we've kind of reached a lot of people glomming on at this point. I have two questions for you. Yeah. One, when did Chris Crocker make that video? Was it when she shaved her head? He did the leave Britney alone thing. I, I don't remember. I would have said it was honestly a bit later, like possibly after the VMA's performance that was mm, like, her, quote, I think that might return. be right. Um, and you know, was a, a notably different Britney Spears again. You're right. I think it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh no, it's from September, 2007. So that was the VMA's performance. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, with give me more, which is also a fun song. Yes. That was my first question. I just couldn't remember. Number two, I th- Joe Coscarelli is is in large part responsible for my favorite internet mm-hmm. thing outside of um, anything from The Ringer, which is Diary of a Song. Yes. They're like the Times videos are so freaking good. I just watched the Olivia Rodrigo one recently for um, As did I. Driver's License. It was so charming. Those are just the absolute best video series. I mean, I'll I'll never forget the first time I saw the um 
Justin Bieber one with Joe Blow in it and everything. Anyway, um, I think Joe Coscarelli is a great reporter. That's why I brought it up and like has a real connection to the music industry, especially like the popular music industry and like really respect his reporting. And like, I'm sort of like more okay with the times reporting on this than any, anyone else's. Of course. Um, because it's like, you know, I think like reporting in its best sense, but I still think there's a bit of like, should we be doing this factor to it? And I'm not really sure why I feel so differently about Britney Spears than I do about many other celebrities who I think also have extenuated circumstances, questionable mental health and sort of like other people who just like deserve my sympathy. Like, why do, why do we, why, you know, we are of the leave Britney alone generation, mm-hmm. but why do we feel more protective of her than we do of so many other vulnerable celebrities? Because I think we've seen the consequences like pretty mm-hmm. starkly in, in Britney's case. And, you know, I, she did get some form of help. She took a rest. I think she is in a better place. Hopefully. I mean, again, I, you know, I don't really we don't know. know. We yeah. don't know. I don't know. And I think that honestly is like part of what makes us concerned, but you know, we saw what happens with this level of fame and with someone who is uh, not supported and can't handle it. And it, it was very public and um, very shocking. And I do think a little bit the age that we were and when you and I and our generation was becoming aware of celebrity stuff, it was like the story, but this is also, it's well-documented. Yeah. So I think we, once you know the consequences, it's, it's harder to ignore them than say, okay, well, everyone seems to be having fun, you know, in this like celebrity dating story or this whatever. And we're just going to like have fun until bad things happen. Yeah. Like, and, and then we'll be like, oh, that maybe, maybe we should rethink this. Like we've already done a lot of the rethinking to me that uh, applies more to the eventization of it all. Mm. I still think that there is value in like, frankly, investigating the weird legal stuff that is going on here. Um, or the unprecedented, I should say it might be legal, but I'm learning a lot about conservatorships for the first time. And it would seem that if Britney Spears um, is testifying tomorrow, that she is at least participating in the legal process and has that right. So the, the thing about reporting and the world that we live in is that you can, you can do the responsible thing and then, you know, it's open to the entire world and every, and everyone is, even if they're not trying to be irresponsible, it's just like on a scale that becomes unmanageable pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's a, a good point. And I think ultimately the question of her, of her legal case and the question of like what we are and are not comfortable with as celebrity watchers is agency. And it's unclear that she has any. And I yes. think, and I think that's sort of like why this is such a difficult one to discuss. And we have a we both are much more hesitant to like just hand down our opinions than we would on, you know, Benefer 1.0 version two. Right. Because it seems like those people are acting with full agency and here it's uncomfortable. I, I hadn't really thought of that until we talked it through. So thanks no, for I, getting me to this I place. I think that, that that's a smart insight. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I will certainly read what happens tomorrow and I, I it all just, I think the other thing is that's, there is so much that we don't know still. And that's both in terms of Brittany's own personal life and her decision to share certain things and not others, which is a hundred percent her right. And also just kind of the, the legal, um, 
intricacies of all this. Like I, I, I still, I think the reporting has been great, but I don't understand all of this. And I don't understand how these arrangements are put together. And I don't actually know everything about the finances and how decisions are being made and, and, and what's best. So it feels like extra opaque somehow. Yeah. What's your favorite Britney Spears song? I mean, probably honestly, oops, I did it again. Me too. That's what I was going to say. It's so good. I understand that there are kind of more musically accomplished ones. Toxic is a, a big favorite. And Hit Me Baby One More Time. I'll never forget the first time I heard that song. So that that's kind of like a lightning bolt musical moment. But the the bridge and then the oops, I did it again. Yeah. I just, I I feel alive. I feel 17 all over again. Also, what about, well, babe? I went down to the bottom of the ocean and got it for you. Why is the, and it's still in the, I don't, did they cut that out at some point? The version that I listened to on Spotify still has the weird Titanic reference in it. I mean, I'm not the old lady dropped it to the bottom of the ocean. What? It's so strange. But some, some honorable mentions for me. Stronger. I love oh, stronger. Great one. Yeah, of course. So good. Also cheesy. But I like Lucky. It's a song about a girl. Named Lucky. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and the, and drive me crazy. Those are my those are my two, three, and four. L- Lucky is a good like vintage like early Juliet opinion, right? Because I also had some friends who really loved Lucky on that album, and it was like you know the more contemplative one. But you, um, the people who wanted to spend time with the album really found Lucky, and I feel <laughs> like that is your relationship to pop music. So I think that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Also the, in the music video, she's like in a circle of people and they like make a heart with their arms. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Brady Spears. Good luck. Let's yes. move on. Okay. The creepy on with the Kardashians show on E has now ended. Andy Cohen hosted their um, reunion show as is his want corporate synergy between Bravo and E as a Bravo watcher. I've saw 1 million commercials for this. Um, <laughs> and um first of all the kardashians aren't leaving they're just moving to hulu people so like let's not bid them too much of an ado um also it was announced today exclusively in page six just a side note that courtney kardashian and tristan thompson once again have broken up to which i say good riddance but really i'm just like so sick of the kardashians i can't remember a time where i wasn't but like this is too much. I, I didn't watch the, the special. I don't, I've only seen two full episodes of the show ever in my entire life. And I watched zero spinoffs. Um, I despise the Kardashians and I'm very comfortable to say so. And my, my contempt was really reinforced when I saw a clip in which Andy Cohen asks them, are you promoting unattainable beauty standards in any way? And Kim Kardashian is the one who feels the question. And she responds by saying, no, we put in the work, we wake up and work out, et cetera. And that makes me so fucking angry. I just like, I can't, I'm so pissed. I, I do not disagree with you at all. I mean, that was not even laughable because it's not funny, just kind of galling. And I, I watched a lot of the clips because I don't know, I, I didn't have very much to do this weekend and they were all on Instagram. And I have watched the show occasionally throughout the years because I think, you know, after the Britney Spears celebrity era, you move pretty quickly to Mm. the cart, to the reality era. And I think there's the Kardashians tier and the bachelor tier. And I 
just paid more attention to the Kardashians tier for whatever. And I don't feel great about that investment on my time, but I, the total lack of self-awareness is I think both the reason that they are successful and also what I find ultimately in moments like that deplorable because the body image stuff is arguably their quote greatest or perhaps like largest influence. I mean, they have built businesses off, get lips like Kylie and, you know, wear shapewear like Kim and I guess jeans like Chloe. I, I mean, I don't even know. We should note that Chloe did a note, uh, did admit to having a nose job. Yeah, she did. Thanks, Chloe. Um, I tried out some good American jeans recently. They were good. I like them. Um, I bought the the Skims bandeau. How is it that everyone says? You know, I haven't worn it in public yet, but I was surprised. It's billed as like a fits everyone. Um, bra, which if is are words that do not belong in the same sentence and bra, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but Agreed. I was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty good. And it was comfortable. And it was recommended to me by a friend to like, to a group chain of people of all sizes on the top. So, and everyone seems happy so far. So like, it's interesting, right? Because that is positive. It's, it's kind of hard to find a a bra that is actually supposed to be flattering and fits everybody. And I would argue that the fashion industry and the whatever, the lingerie industry has abandoned most women for their, like their entire history. So I give Kim's company credit for that, but that is based on this success of Kim Kardashian, which is based on Let's just be real. A huge amount of cosmetic intervention. She has every right to do it. Do whatever you want with your body. Um, But be honest about it when you're shilling (laughs) beauty products. Exactly. Like shapewear. Exactly. Um, Or when when you're asked about it because or when you're asked if you promote unrealistic beauty standards or, you know, or in any situation where you are implying that if you just work harder, you can look like this person. Like, right respectfully, that's not true, but also that's not a good goal. Like the idea it's also that incredibly retrograde, to... like that's yes. like a madman plotline. Like, I and that was a show about the repressive era of, of advertising in the sixties, like fuck off. It right. makes me so mad. Also, um, the lip kits is crazy because that is marketed at teenagers and yeah. that is so wild. And I, it's very hard for me to believe that Kylie Jenner looks the way she does solely based on products that you can order online. I believe that she has ad- admitted as well to the occasional filler, but the story yeah. she tells on this special is that it was after kissing a boy as a teenager and a boy was like, you don't, that was nice, but your lips are too small. And so then, okay. I, then the lip kits were born and she's a billionaire, which number one, like, I don't really understand how like the visual painting on of a lip kit would address that particular issue. But (laughs) more to the point, that's not the moral that we should be taking away from that. You know, it's, it is depressing. Like Uh, so many guys, the moral is fuck that guy. (laughs) Flying F-bombs here today. Um, I just like, it's wrong. I'm sorry. It's just wrong. I appreciate the like modicum of honesty regarding Khloe Kardashian's nose job. I also feel for her. I think she's got a raw, 
a rawer deal than many of her them, many of them. But maybe she'll well, be happier. I think she's, she's in a lot of ways like living the consequences of the unrealistic expectations and success of her sisters, both yeah. from you know the pretty intense body image issues which she has posted about like throughout, but especially in the last year, I mean, the whole thing with the unedited photo and then she posted yeah. the video with no jig. I mean, I was just like, this is a person who is, does not feel confident at all, who has like real issues. And that is very sad. That's yeah. just sad. And it's no wonder if you're next to these people who are like, well, if you just work harder, then you can, you know, and also get however many, I, I don't want to speculate on those specific procedures, but you guys have all read the blog posts and the Instagrams and you know what we're talking about. And I also kind of relate that to some of the relationship stuff. You know, they talked about Tristan Thompson on the, on the show, just to be like, well, I have a baby together, so it's good. He's always going to be good. And then like a day later, there's, you know, another like pretty sleazy tabloid report about some party, like, you know, whatever. I don't really know what their arrangement is. And then that they break up again a day later, but she also seems to be in relationships where she's not getting what she wants out of them. And that the moral of that is then to, you know, have another surgery or a lip kit or, you know, or whatever is really, really sad. Really sad. It really is. It really is. And if, and if someone who is like really rich and in the family is taking away those lessons and going through it, imagine like all of the people, the young women who are watching it, um, at home. And or on Instagram as I did it, it's not great. It's really not. I I'm curious to see where where things go with them for them from here. I don't, I mean, Kylie's fame is so inaccessible to me because I find her so boring and so ununderstood in whatever she has to sell. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it, and so I can't. I I don't feel like I can't even prognosticate like what's next for her. I think for Kendall Jenner, it's a lot more obvious. Like she'll kind of be like socialite model famous, right? Um. I think it's kind of funny that Kim has failed the bar two times because the baby bar, because like Kim defenders point to like her work as like trying to become a lawyer. It's like, look, she's doing better. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I like, I'm curious also to see how the shows do on Hulu because you know, the ratings were way down. Certainly, um, they didn't just like end the show because they called it quits. Like they, probably got a better financial arrangement, probably owner. I I would guess they got some level of ownership over whatever they're going to be doing. And, you know, like, just like it like works better for them. So they're not going away. I'm just, I'm curious to see what the next chapter is. I'm just like, when will this end? It's been going on for so long. The tyranny of the Kardashians. I just, right. I mean, I find it oppressive. It's funny. Their relationship to the show at one point, Kim has asked about the early years and, you know, being famous for being famous. And I, she had a, like, they really, sorry, just one note. They really allied to the sex tape. It's like, Kim is famous for the sex tape. They, he asked her about it oh, okay. straight up. He was Great. like, do you feel like this show, a lot of people have talked about how the, the family and the show are successful because of the, the sex tape. Um, and do you ever think about that? And she is basically like, yes, I think that that was a big thing in the early years. And she's like, for the most part, I, you know, I, I try not to have regrets. My regrets is that like one day I'm gonna have to explain that to my kids. Mm-hmm. And, th- and, and that is why I would want to get rid of it. Not because of everything that's come after it, which, you know, it's a good answer. It's okay. like a, a good answer. She had some decent answers. And the, the other one was about fame. You know, how do you respond to people who say you're famous for being famous? And she rightly says, I mean, we're famous because we had a TV show. 
Like, and that's true. They did the TV show for a long time and made them really famous. Then they went and got these other businesses that make them like a lot more money. And I, I, like, I feel like the Hulu show is a loss leader at this point or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think a smart marketing avenue for them because it kind of keeps them in the public eye and it's kind of like an easy way where they don't have to make all of the content or someone else is making content and doing a lot of the selling for them so that then they can keep selling the bandeau rod that I bought. Like I gave Kim Kardashian my money. I don't know what to say. Um, so, but, but it's funny how that relationship has changed and how it went from needing the show in order to the show being what they were famous for to the show, just kind of being like a thing they do on the side because it helps with their bottom line. Right. Right. I don't know. I just wish they were more honest, but that's not their, that's not their business. Yeah. Not at all. Let's move on. This episode is brought to you by eBay authenticity guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear. So fresh. Every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence, Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Um, After we recorded last week, the Christy Teigen saga continued. Um, she refuted many of Michael Costello's claims saying that, um, questioning the veracity of some of the images he shared. And then there were subsequent stories that came out about him. People saying that he was guilty of bad behavior. 
Um, and then today, uh, there's a headline, I believe in page six that said that she's, you know, the, the headline is Chrissy Teigen says she's good am- amid bullying scandal. So, you know, people are still following her. I think what happened was she talked to a TMZ, um, paparazzo, which I wouldn't advise, but no one asked me. Um, I think it was like, I, I saw the photos and I think it's like someone literally outside the garage and in the space it took from, to go from the garage to of yeah. like her office to the house. She was just like, I'm good. And then you get a thousand headlines about how she's like doing fine during a, during a question? scandal. Yeah. In the video, it's from Backred. The photos are from Backred. She's uh-huh. made up, uh-huh. wearing a cool hat. Uh-huh. Do you think she staged this? Um, I don't know whether she called or I don't know whether she thought. Someone called someone called or whether she just knew that if she went, that she would be photographed and, and made the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she was caught off guard by this. How about no. that? Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but you know, I, I again, Fair thinking enough. more about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez as I just do in my idle time, I, there are degrees, right. Of, I think some people call and make mm-hmm. the appointments. Some people are just kind of like, I understand how this works. And so I'm going to do this and not this. Um, and, and kind of strategize, but it's maybe not totally animated by doing something for the paparazzi. I think right. it's a gradient is kind of where I, yeah, where I am on it. And as we've discussed, that's the way of managing your own story. Totally. So, um, I don't know where this one goes either, but it, it, part of the video also was like her, was her being asked, she's doing an Oprah sit down interview. Right. If you're Oprah, do you want to do that? I understand this is a big story, but like. I'm not sure this scene, that doesn't seem like the trajectory I want to be on if I'm Oprah coming off of the Megan and Harry sit down. I just feel like Oprah is hugely successful and at a period in her life where she can do whatever she wants and does whatever she wants. And I don't know if she just wants to once again be like the career rehabilitator. I mean, she did this a lot in the 90s and 2000s, yeah. right? And she like the, yeah. the tough but honest interview and someone, you know, goes to the Oprah gauntlet and that's like part of their public atoning or whatever. Um, and, and she's incredible at it. I think Chrissy Teigen probably definitely wants Oprah to do it because we saw, you know, what Oprah can do for somebody. Um, but you know, if I were Oprah, I would be spending more time on my Hawaii farm. That's, that's just like, that's how I would want to be spending my time personally. I think we can be, I think we can be clear that you would be spending all of your time on, on your Hawaii farm. If that's you were true. I, well, she also has a Montecito farm and it's pretty beautiful there. So I could imagine doing like a couple months here, but yeah, probably mostly Maui farm. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm no longer interested in Chris, Chris Teigen scandal. I've, I've maxed out. I'm no longer interested in Chrissy Teigen. Not like in like a, like a, you're bad, you're canceled. I'm just like, this is now boring to me. I'm just like, there's not much else left to say. Yeah, I would agree with you. What I echo is that I would echo what I said last week, which is um, I, I honestly hope that everyone involved who is having any sort of mental health struggles, suicidal thoughts, you know, any problems at all gets like real help and support. Everyone deserves that. And then I, I truly think that everyone can just step away from the internet. I, I just, I think that's, that's where we are. And I think that would actually be beneficial to most people's health at this point. But I agree with you. I'm not taking enjoyment out of it at all. I never was, but I'm certainly am not. Before we get to start starstruck, I'm curious, like what kind of celebrity content you would like more of? Like, what are you missing? Oh, 
which by the way reminds me, I also yeah. didn't watch it because I hate them. Yeah. But the celebrity IOU came back on HGTV with the okay. Kardashians. I need to check that out. Brad okay. Pitt was on it last year for his um his hairstylist, if you recall. Oh, where they renovate the yeah. thing for the okay. Yeah, I need to watch that. But I, I and like I was thinking of that that was like fun celebrity content last year. Like what kind of celebrity content are you interested in? Uh, listen, I will click on any image of Benifer doing anything mm. at this point. And I I think we had a great time with Arena Shake and Kanye. Mm. I, again, people very famous people with a little bit of agency making their own decisions. I was going to say um, making wacky choices. That's yeah. The same yeah. Thing. Well, they, they, they are their own wacky choices um, that are fun and that are also for the most part, not on social media um, because I think yeah. the social media of it all, I appreciate the directness, but I can't really think of any celebrities that I'm like following on a super regular basis on social media at this point. But there's also like there's a so muchness to all of it that even though the paparazzi photos are invasive and have their own ethical issues, I'm kind of like, this is a little more contained. Yeah. You know, counterintuitively. I'm just like, I'm going to get this update and then they'll go on their way and we can kind of speculate about it. But um, like a little more quality and less quantity. How about Mm -hmm. that? That's what I'm looking for. Mm hmm. I personally am looking for unexpected groups of celebrities on yachts. Like I long okay. for the photos of Oprah, Gail, Bradley Cooper, and Katy sure. Perry uh, on an island in Italy. I, I long, I long for just these unexpected groupings. Have you been enjoying the Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry, uh, Venice photographs? Yes, I have. It just you know a, a yacht for two, a gondola. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, three actually because their daughter yeah, is with them, which Daisy. is very cute. Yeah. Um, but did you see that Katy Perry posted a, she did like a photo dump of vacation pics and then right in the middle, she did the close up of, uh, Ben, ben, ben and Jennifer yeah. making out at Nobu. And then you just kept scrolling and it was more photos of them. I, I really enjoyed that. Katy Perry seems really fun. Yeah. I'd love to hang out with her. I get a kick of the fact that like even the other celebrities seem really into Benifer 1.0 V two or three, like, um, Jennifer Lawrence was also on a, on a podcast. Like she, I don't know. She's friends with the podcaster. Aren't we all? And when the news broke and her excitement of them being back together was like very genuine. And I really enjoyed that. That's the kind of gossip I'm looking for a high quality, even other famous people care gossip. In another life, Jennifer Lawrence would have been like the world's best podcaster because she's really into like celebrity and reality TV. Like she was mm-hmm. so early to the Vanderpump train. Like the, she, she like was obsessed with the Kardashians. Like, yes, she is a award-winning actress, world famous, you know, child star turned to bona fide star, but mm-hmm. she really missed her calling as a podcast host. Well, not too late for her. <laughs> not too you know? late. Second yeah. chapters, third chapters. We'll see. All right. Finally, Starstruck, the rom-com on HBO. Amanda, what's your review? Delightful. So this is, as you said, listen, I, you told me about it. I didn't know about it until last week, but it's a six episode, really like, honestly, two hours, you said three, but I would say it's a three hour scripted series, um, written and starring, written by and starring Rose Matafeo, who is a New Zealand comedian and just a completely delightful story about a young woman trying to sort things out in London. And then she has a one night stand with 
someone who she discovers is a major movie star and she only puts it together the next morning. And then what happens afterwards? And will they end up together? And it's a pretty classic rom-com structure of they meet, there's some chemistry, then there are some hurdles. Don't want to spoil anything, but I don't think you and I would be delighted if it deviated this much, you know, from the romantic comedy structure and funny moves quickly. Well made. I just really enjoyed it. I don't know. I didn't put it together last time, but it's clearest antecedent is Notting Hill. Yes. There's no question. Yes. Um, the, the man, Rose Benefeo is really funny. She wrote it. She's clearly going to be a star. Like we said last week, she's in the Phoebe Waller bridge school of comedy. Mm-hmm. I think she's well on her way to doing big things. I am really excited for Nikesh Patel, who's the male lead in this, to be our next rom-com British king. I love him. I think he is, first of all, very hot. Yes. Second of all, really charming and seems like just really down to like poke fun at himself. This is his second rom-com TV show. I just like can't get enough of him. I'm like, give me, give me a Nikesh Patel starring rom-com vehicle. Like I'm in. I don't know. I think he's so great. He was fantastic. They had great chemistry. And it is also, it is Notting Hill because it's famous person and movie star, but um, both the the gender roles are flipped in that. It's the male movie star and the female single person. But kind of like the confidence levels and the vibes aren't totally flipped. And the his character, as you said, is little Hugh Grant. He is like a little more reticent um, and like self-conscious and like, but still very winning. And it's the Rose Montefeo character who's like, what's going on here and why is this happening? And I need to hide from this famous person. And this is really weird, but also I'm sort of into it. And I liked the self-confidence and also the hijinks of it. And also, you know, really enjoyed being back in London. Seems like London is, you know, it's still a great place to be a young single person, not in, in lockdown. And certainly where many of my favorite rom-coms are set. It was just completely winning. Here's my thing. It's like, it's two hours long. Like why, why, why can't is it, it in a movie? movie? Why can't it be a movie? God, we just need some movies. Movies need help. Did you like, watch it one sitting? Uh, I watched the first one and then I watched the f- other five the next day. So yeah, I basically did watch it in one setting. It is basically a movie with chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I guess it doesn't really matter except that no one makes movies anymore. And I, I do really like movies. I mean, the greatest rom-coms of the last 10 years are mostly TV shows. Like, I think Fleabag's probably number one. Um, right. And Chris and I, Chris Ryan and I loved Love Life, which was on HBO Max. Right. Couldn't do that one. Yeah. Great. High Fidelity on Hulu. That was phenomenal. Delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the rom-com has just moved to streaming television in, in like, sitcom form. It's sort of been, like, retconned as a genre. Um, I like it. The thing is... I have an unlimited capacity for this content. So like I need a new one every week. Like sure, please make true. so much more. They're, one of the reasons like this show is such a bright spot and we can like kind of like just kind of rail off a few of these really quickly is because there aren't enough. It's like I would like the level of saturation that we get with superheroes. Like I, I need that with rom-coms. I, I will watch all of it. I guarantee a lot of people will. Like where's like the rom-com network? <laughs> Right. Well, it's a lot of people, plus well, a lot of people would tell you that it's Netflix, but it's things like the kissing booth and, you know, what is it? Tall girl or the things made for 
Juliet's making some faces right now. They're, they're not made for our age group. How about that, Juliet? They're, they are made with a broader and, dare I say, younger, even teenage audience in mind. And listen, that's great. Teenagers deserve some content as well. It's a tough world out there. But no one is making the really, like, smartly. Here's the thing also, like, this this goes down so easy. It's so delightful that it seems like you could just turn it out, but it is so well-written, so specific. Like a lot of care goes into these things. Um, and you can't just manufacture these performers and this chemistry like on trees, you know, it, it does yeah. require some work. And so for the most part, it doesn't seem like it's efficient to do that. So they just make more teen rom-coms that, that teens would be like, sure. Okay. But I yeah. agree with you. I, I this writing is, these- is a real, is like several cuts above the generic Netflix right. uh, rom-com. Yes. Um, and that makes a huge difference. Pay your writers. Also hire people who know how to write. Just a suggestion from me. But like, I would love more. I would love, I would, do you want more seasons of this? Like, do you want to know uh, what happens next? Nah, I'm ready to move on to the next okay, story. That's I good. Like, I, li- I like them though. I would take more, but it had a great ending. I, I Spoiler agree alert, public transportation was involved, which I find very romantic. <laughs> I thought it was really delightful. And my instinct is also like, no, this is the beauty of the rom-com. Like that's where it ends yeah. on a happy note. And then we move on. But you know, that's not the way of streaming, which is then you get like three more seasons of, you know, what happens at right. X, Y, Z. So I don't know. It's hard, to, but it's hard to make a lot of original one series, well-written and acted shows like this. Um, over and over and over and over again. I guess that's why people make sequels. I I have a, a, a assertion that shocks myself that I want to mm-hmm. share with you. Okay, go for it. I think the rom-com I'd most like adapted into a TV show and I think could actually be done well is You've Got Mail. And I would be interested in watching that. Yeah, but as soon as you add even five seconds of reflection into You've Got Mail, the house of cards falls apart. I mean, the technology piece this. of it would also be hard, but what if you said it in the 90s? <laughs> Sure, that's fine. But we've talked about this. The ending of this movie, I know, I know, where Tom I know. Hanks re- like is just she like, just oh, I was him. lying to you the whole time. It's okay, shop girl, don't cry. And also, I ruined your business. If anyone but Tom Hanks is saying that, or even if Tom Hanks is given like one more scene to think about what he's done, or for you, the viewer, to think about what he's done, it's over. Can't you can't be a part of that. So you can't extend it to 10 hours. Listen, I would love like a similar Nora Ephron inflected Upper West Side centric romantic comedy. Like and if they want to talk about how fall is the greatest season and books and stuff, like I love all of that. But you're going to have to get past this guy just running a weird, you know, negative catfish campaign to ruin her business, (laughs) which is what happens. I don't know what to tell you. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's a, it's a problem. It is so upsetting. Yeah. It's the opposite of Younger, by the way, as you said it that way. Younger was like was like unwilling to allow the lies to go on. Right. Like sometimes but I, it's but just I hated gotta, that. So fuck it. Two hours and you got to get out and you got to not think about the hard questions sometimes. That's kind of what a romantic comedy is about. It's about all of the, you know, fizz and delight and promise and romance before, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to file taxes together, which I, it's, which is just a nightmare. I just, there's no way around it. So just end it there, you know, before joint filed taxes. Well, 
sage advice from Amanda. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our final destination here in Rom-Com Central. We'll be back next week. Thank you to Erica Cervantes as always. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.